0: Hey, it's your old pal Slim, and this is 70 Millimeter, a podcast for film lovers, just like you. Every Monday, I chat about recently watched movies with my close friend and artist, Danny Haas.
1: I mean, you talk about becoming a man. Brad Pitt in this movie, Lord have mercy. What a specimen.
0: And our movie insider, Pertalexis.
2: How about Danny Trejo looking like Meatloaf dying on the floor?
0: Our featured discussion later in this episode is Michael Mann's epic from 1995, Heat. Feel free to use the chapters in your podcast app to skip right to that discussion. Is this Al Pacino's greatest performance? Is this Robert De Niro's greatest performance? Or are you wrong? Let's find out now. Anim-August, the animated summer. Gotta stop saying that. The animated summer, the entire month of August, we will finally be covering animated movies. Mm. We've been getting DMs, we've been getting comments on IG. After I delete the spam comments on IG, we get real comments (laughs) about animated movies. When? How? Mm -hmm. Why? It's happening in August. Um, and we put a vote up for our supporters to pick, like, which of these movies should we do to kick off the month? And, you know, we don't talk politics on mm-hmm. this show. It's not what the show's about. It's not worth it. Except when it comes to Harry Potter, we talk about the disgusting <laughs> writer of Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> but wow. we dug into the data. We we checked out the poll. It ended last night as we recorded it, And there might be, I hesitate to even bring this up. Yeah. Slight voter manipulation. Mm-hmm. So we had to dispatch the movie insider to take a peek at things. Thorough investigation. What'd you find out, Pardo? Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I wasn't prepared for something like this. I didn't know that this could happen with a simple poll. You know, I mean, we're, we're just starting to have a fun time here. And, uh, <laughs> the things that I've, I, I uncovered within our discord, um, I mean, I'm not going to get into it, but it's it's deep. I mean, if you thought hanging Chads was was bad, <laughs> if you thought an insurrection on on the steps of Congress was bad, mm. I got some. Did you know that you can you can ch- you can change your vote? Did anyone know that you could that you could buy votes? I t- I'll tell
0: you. I'll tell you one thing right now. Mm. I, I said in in Discord, I'm going to be making an announcement about the future 70 millimeter we will be banning all polls that allow you to change your vote
2: moving forward. That's gone. Gone. It's, it's gone, Proto. I don't even want to know what kind of favors quote unquote favors were given out for votes. I don't I don't want to know, but yes. Uh, so the, the poll was strong. And, and for those um, uh, who don't know the movies that were up for, it was Akira, uh, Tintin Lion King Prince of Egypt, Princess Mononoke and Wally um, and Akira was was winning easily mm-hmm. yeah they ran, it ran away with it for pretty much 99.9% of the time that the poll was open and then in the final moment somehow we don't we're not really even mm-hmm. sure uh, Tintin suddenly was ahead yeah uh, the, the, the the voting closed and and that was it um you know we would like to think that it's you know it was it was it was a fair process but i'm afraid even even our systems um, might be flawed in some way <laughs> but uh tintin is the winner which is exciting i'm i'm excited mm. uh, i haven't seen tintin in a long time a lot of love for this movie uh that's the winner tintin the adventures of tintin directed by uh, steven some guy spielberg. yeah steven spielberg so it should be a, a great a great movie to watch. Uh, Watch it with your kids and listen to us talk about it.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to do Tintin. There's a lot of internet buzz behind this film. You know, Peter Jackson and Spielberg were allegedly going to do like a trilogy about Tintin. Didn't quite work out. So that'll be our episode next week.
1: I mean, what? I'm not excited to do Tintin. No. There's, there's <laughs> five better movies out of the six to My do God. besides Tintin. Whoa. But whatever. Mm-hmm. We let them vote. The vo- the the
0: vote happened. It's in the past. Yeah. The insurrectionist spoke. <laughs> <laughs> and also one quick note, Ian is now banned from voting in future <laughs> Patreon polls because he voted twice and he was a deciding to vote. So Ian, mm-hmm. you're banned from voting. We're putting the foot down. We that passed is- that amendment. On to other news. I'm not sure if anyone follows Danny on Instagram, they should. Oh. But can we talk about this mini helmet Rocketeer replica
1: that you did with Octo? My God. Goodness. Please. They approached me to, this is is the year, the 40th anniversary of the comic book of Rocketeer. So there's a lot of celebrating going on from the fans of Rocketeer. So they wanted help designing a helmet based off of the first appearance of the Rocketeer. Just my sketches, mm. did some color work, some art. They did the molding of it. It's cast in me- it's metal. It's gorgeous. Yeah. There's gold. It's like a, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. So it's coming in a great box, limited edition. Comes a little card of my art as well. Uh, releasing this week. Well, last week it's and now that you're long. hearing this. So uh, yeah, it was a great time working on that. Was that your your hand in those shots? Were you modeling the helmet yourself in those photos? I can't, I can't divulge that. That's NDA's.
0: <laughs> His hand modeling career cannot be yeah. divulged. He's trying to keep that under wraps yeah. for some reason. The Rocketeer comic book, that original mainstream trade paperback, it was like magazine format. Mm. I remember my dad used to keep magazines out on the porch. We had this like porch. It was always like freezing in the winter and too hot in the summer, but like all the comic books were kept out there. I remember going out in there and reading that Dave Stevens magazine trade. You want to talk about when a boy becomes a man? Mm. Yeah, he didn't. Some of those pinup shots in that comic book, his man buddies. alive. Yeah, mm. man alive. Bro, <laughs> your thoughts on becoming a man?
2: <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for the day. <laughs> Just got to get myself some Rocketeer comics. <laughs> Just leave those sitting around for
0: the family to find. Uh, so we'll have a link in the episode notes if there's any available, I'm not sure, but everyone check that out. A lot, a lot of teases happening on Danny's Instagram. As of recording, it's pre-San Diego Comic-Con. Maybe all this stuff will be out by then, so mm. keep, keep your eyes peeled.
2: Pardo, did you watch any movies this week? I did. I watched a movie that's been on my watch list for a long time. Uh, went back to the 70s. And watch Deliverance. Oh, Mamma Mia! Have you guys seen this? No. Oh my
0: God!
2: Is, is this a is yes? like
0: a this is like an X-rated film when I was a kid? I feel like.
2: <laughs> yeah, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's the uh, the cover that I remember seeing in in Blockbuster. Um, but I was always fascinated by the idea of this movie. Um, and I, I just knew it was like some guys on a, a canoe trip down a river and mm-hmm. something goes wrong. Uh, but between the the cover – and I think I, at one point I confused this with Deer Hunter or like yeah. they became melded together for whatever reason. And those two movies just were uh, like movies that like were held, held this high place in my mind of like, oh, I can't wait to see this. So I finally, finally got to sit down and watch Deliverance. Um, and one, and I think the driving factor was that we watched Heat, uh, which we'll be talking about later. But it has John Voigt, who mm. Mm. Uh, looks incredible in Heat with a, this amazing <laughs> mullet. Um, <laughs> gotta be the shower. <laughs> <laughs> so John Voigt, he stars in Deliverance, um, but it's 1972, so he's I guess he's like 20s or in his 30s, uh, pretty young. And it also has Burt Reynolds is in this as well, and Burt Reynolds, I. I knew he was in the movie, and I still didn't recognize him for five minutes. Yeah, because he doesn't have his 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 trademark mustache. Um, he just looks so different. Hmm. Um, and he's very peculiar in this movie. But it also has Ned Beatty and and Ronnie Cox, a, a young Ronnie Cox. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 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 a pretty cool foursome. Um, and it's a fun movie. I thought it was. Um, well, not maybe fun is the right word, <laughs> um, but it was a it was an entertaining movie for the for the most part. Like I thought, the first half was was like gorgeously shot. It was interesting. There's also that, um, you know the the dueling banjos.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
2: I guess that's from this movie because it was like I don't know. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's okay. So like that's in this, and that scene is amazing. Um, Ronnie Cox plays the guitar and then he meets this, this, uh, this mountain kid who has a, a, like he doesn't speak at all, but he has a banjo and they, they have a duel and it's really incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, they, yeah, they, when that music, like if
0: you'll see that in movies or TV shows where you just like show like, you know, local Southern folk, mm-hmm. you know, who, perceived lack of education they live by themselves in the sticks and that you hear that like music so i saw this i think when i was in community college or right before you know and this was one of those quote films you know like those upper echelon films and i mean the the sexual assault scene in the movie disturbed me for a very long time yeah it's very disturbing
2: yeah it's very disturbing and unfortunately i thought like the first like i i thought I was like this movie is great the first half, but then the second half I thought it kind of lost its way and didn't really have anything anything really to say much. Mm. Um and and I thought like that whole angle and of course this is based on a book and the author was actually he wrote the screenplay and I thought um like the um the subtext of this was pretty shallow or like non-existent and he didn't mm. really have anything to say about like these these outsiders coming to ride down this river and encountering these mountain folk, you know, hillbillies who live here. Yeah, it was. It, it it just didn't. I don't know. There just wasn't much there, and that was kind of disappointing because it it was such a great setup. Um, so I gave it three stars. Um, poster is yeah. insane. I just I don't think I've ever. Maybe I haven't looked at the poster in a long time, but it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I just posted it in chat.
2: They also had a great I, I didn't really like how it ended. That there was a there's a I don't want to spoil anything, but there's there's a shot like two minutes before the end of the movie that is like perfect. And I wish they ended on that rather than like the the final two minutes they had. Um but it's definitely interesting and I'm glad I watched it. Um I love watching movies from the 70s, it's
0: the best. There's a couple. I just posted the TMDB link. There's a couple really cool posters. Hmm.
2: So did you watch anything else you want to bring up? The only other thing I watched was we rewatched Wolfwalkers, me and the kids and man, what animal guest. Yeah. I had to get ready, you know, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> <Perfect movie. laughs> it, it really is. It is so perfect. It is uh, to me. It is like, it's one of the, like the most spiritual movies. I feel like watching mm. it, the message that it has about like spirituality and nature and connecting, to the natural world is just so beautiful. Um, it's it's on, uh, I think it's on Apple TV Plus or whatever that service mm-hmm. is. Um, mm-hmm. So it's really worth checking out. It's a great five movie to watch stars. with kids from Proto. Easy five stars. This re-
0: I just want to repeat myself. This animated movie got five stars from Proto.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Fire up your free Apple TV Plus for 30 days subscription, however that needs to
1: happen. <laughs> Who knows how that stuff works? I don't know. Incredible animation, too. Like it's incredible. Yeah. Uh
0: we should say hello. And now we're recording early, so we do want to say hello to uh, Douglas, new patron who joined us this week. Gets access to uncut episodes, a special top secret RSS feed, discount on Danny's beautiful prints and merch designs. And our episodes in the 70 millimeter vault. We are tentatively breaking news. We're tentatively set to record our next supporter only episode next week. Mm. We haven't announced what it is Next yet. Next week. Next week, but we're, it's coming. Hot and heavy.
1: Yeah. Horde. Yeah.
0: Um <laughs> <laughs> Also, we announced our first ever meetup. It's happening in the greater Philadelphia area at the end of August, and that's also just for supporters of our Patreon. So if you want to get details, uh, use the link in the episode notes. Danny, what about you? Did you watch anything this week before San Diego Comic-Con?
1: Yeah, we watched, I watched the first time, A River Runs Through It, directed by Robert Redford, starring Tom Skerritt, uh, Craig Schiffer, Mm -hmm. and a young Brad Pitt.
2: And
1: I mean, you talk about becoming a man. (laughs) Brad Pitt in this movie, (laughs) Lord have mercy. What a specimen. I do think it's a little bit boring of a Mm. film. The uh, there's something about the story that just kind of meandered along, kind of slowly, but it is gorgeous. It is a gorgeous film. I mean, I instantly wanted to learn how to fly fish. Like watching scarrett <laughs> do it, watching Brad do it, uh, I was instantly going to be a fly fisher when I grow up. <laughs> um, but it's a it's a it's a good movie. Three and a half stars from me. Uh, It was a great, it was great to watch for the first time. I'd seen the VHS lying around in every thrift store I ever go to. Um, So it was great to finally watch it. And, and yeah, and Brad's great. And he's young. Uh, Tom's great. Tom uh, Skerritt plays his father. He's a minister in Montana. And uh, it's pretty good. I mean, it's good. It's a good movie.
0: I've seen this cover everywhere Mm -hmm. for decades. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I realized it was a Redford directed movie mm. I mean Redford's got an amazing mustache in this letterbox photo my god gripes
2: alive yeah I was just looking at that
0: <laughs> both just frozen <laughs> with the mustache he also directed Quiz Show remember Quiz Show there's a lot of like Oscar buzz around I've that movie I've never seen that back at the legend of Bagger Vance oh god Will Smith retire I remember
2: loving that movie. Uh, what movie do I want to talk about before we... What about this movie, Seconds, that you just logged? Oh. Oh. John
0: Frankenheimer. This, uh, this one has been on my watch list for a bit. It was in this... This came out, I think, 1966. And let me pull up the description. A secret organization offers wealthy people a second chance at life. The customer picks out someone they want to be in, the organization surgically alters the customer to look like that person. Stages their death and gets rid of the person, uh, and the customer takes on a new life. So this one had Saul Bass design titles, um, and it starts out with this actor who gets an address. He's like on the on the train. He gets an address. He calls the he goes there, calls the number, and it's like his old friend that allegedly died, you know, years previous. And he tells him like stuff that only that friend would know. And he's like, I. I took this procedure. I wanted a new life and you can do that too. So he like sets him up with a meeting with this company. So he lives kind of like an unfulfilled life and he gets the elevator pitch from this corporation that like, we'll set you up. You have a new life. What did you, what were some of your dreams? He's like, I wanted to be a painter. We'll set you up to be a painter. You know, you'll become a rich painter and over time you can learn how to become a, a great painter. So Rock Hudson is in it. John Randolph And it felt like a long Twilight Zone episode, which I mean as a positive, I gave it four stars. Hmm. It's just filmed very, I don't know if I've seen any other Frankenheimer movies, but there's a lot of like long shots with ADR. Like there's one scene where he goes on a date with this woman and they go to like a wine festival and people are in like this giant thing stomping on grapes and they're all nude. And they're just kind Excuse of like me. drunk and having like an almost like 60s weird hippie hangout in this like giant vat of grapes. And the scene goes on for like what felt like 20 minutes. And I was like, what is going on in this mm-hmm. movie? Um, so I'm added to my man ass list. But it just felt like a, like if you were into Twilight Zone episodes, like then this is your vibe, I feel like. And with like weird cinematography. um, dealing with like you being not happy with where your life is and like how far would you go to change who you are and then maybe not be happy with the end result. So four stars. Kind of it's on canopy. canopy, library service.
2: Frankenheimer's uh, Frankenheimer's director credits are pretty wild. Like his movies are all over the place. Oh, some I had, like Twana tw- 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 mentions Ronin. I have seen Ronin. I think I remember liking Ronin. Yeah, I have that. I actually bought that. I got that at the library. It was 50 cents. Had to pick it up.
1: That's not French Connection
2: work. 2. Yeah. I just added that to my watch list. How was that?
0: How's that a movie? <laughs> French Connection 2. <laughs> I don't know. Two. I don't even know if I knew that existed. I mean, Gene Hackman's in it too. Look at that backdrop of him running through the streets. Yeah. I'm like very
2: curious. Oh my God. Have you guys seen Grand Prix? No, no but I remember when you saw that. Oh, that's right. right. I remember you oh, logging. What an that.
1: experience. He's got that's, a ton of. That's movies. a movie
0: right there. We need to get into heat, please. We're running late. We have a lot to get to with this movie.
1: Oh, this, speaking of man ass, sorry, you can add. Yeah, um, no, go River, ahead. River runs through it. Is it Brad's ass? It's not, unfortunately. But it's a very, it's a very full Scarry. screen ass. <laughs> uh, so remember, remember
0: when I posted that photo of the 4K of Top Gun, and I could see the nose hair and Tom Skerritt's yeah.
1: nose. <laughs> that was that was mean Disgusting. Leave the man alone.
0: (laughs) I mean, start trimming the hairs, please. All right, Michael Mann's Heat. This was Danny's pick for '90s Action Month. This is our last episode for that theme, '90s Action Month. What a month! Holy smokes, we did it! You shocked, you shocked the world last week picking this movie. Mm. Shocked the world. Shock drop. Our dear friends at Dune Pod had uh, also done a Heat episode. and, and now it's our turn.
2: Tables have turned, my friend. Mm. Hardo, uh, what is heat? Neil, played by De Niro, leads an elite team of professional criminals. They consider all aspects of a heist and leave nothing to chance. Unfortunately for them, they draw the ire of Detective Hannah, played by Pacino, who is relentless in his pursuit of and quickly zeroes in on the crew. Undaunted, Neil continues with his plans, seeking to outwit and outplay Hannah and the entire LAPD. But when a heist goes bad and the floor falls, Neil and his crew must face the question they always knew would come. When the heat is around the corner, are you prepared to drop everything, walk out on everyone, and let it all go? Heat.
0: This score is incredible to this movie. I mean, I'll link to the YouTube 49-minute whatever in here. Please, people. Mm -hmm. Danny, you set a goal for yourself to start this year that you would not pick any (laughs) movies that we had seen before. (laughs) last week you said f it (laughs) f it you tore up you tore up the rules
1: Mm -hmm. i tore them up why when i was looking through 90s action we had seen so much like this is this is where we grew up through it so we we've seen the big ones and i didn't want to dig through the muck to pick a Mm. dud for us to finish off 90s action month with some rando okay So I had to do heat. I had only seen heat once before, maybe a year ago. I don't remember. And uh, I just knew we had to cover it. And this this was the perfect month to do it.
0: I almost fell out of my chair when you picked heat
1: last week. (laughs) Check the audio. Mm -hmm. You could hear it. Almost plots. Yeah. Yeah. Being held up by five flies.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There are so many flies in this basement right now. I can't even. So I was in a meeting earlier for work, and I took a swig out of my water bottle. No. And I was like, what the, What just went in my mouth? It was a fly. Uh, Spit slim. that water right yeah. out in the middle of the meeting. Yeah, I don't I know if anyone it. saw it. I mean, if they listen to this podcast, they'll they'll learn why I looked weird Gosh. at the hour mark. Pardo, what is your history with Michael Mann's heat? Is there any?
2: No, I've not seen this movie before. Um it was. I mean, again, this is another movie I've seen. You know, familiar with it, of course.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Saw the cover many times. You know, like what's this about? But um, anytime I have gone to, you know, thought about watching it, I got scared away by the runtime. You know, this it's a it's a lift. This three hours. Yeah. It's hard to find time. I'm
0: trying to think of the first time I saw Heat. It it was probably when I was working at the video store. Is there? It, I'm not sure if when I bring up the drink the video store. It's a drinking game. Or no, it's not. We 70 like 70mm Bango, but it's been a while. But I think it was around that time. The poster is like etched into my brain, the mm-hmm. heat poster. Usually in this segment, each host jots down three things while we watch it. We'll bring it up for this discussion. We'll talk about it round table style and we'll give our letterbox rating to end the episode. So Danny's pick. Let's start with Danny. What's your, what's your first one?
1: Let's start, um, I'm going to start with my favorite part of this movie. It's in my Letterboxd review. Um the coffee scene. The legendary oh. coffee scene between De Niro, Pacino, McNally, Vincent. Um it's there's something about the two of them in that scene that is just it just feels legendary. It's the first time the two of them have been on screen in a movie together. This was their first like movie moment. Oh. And um, a couple facts about it, it was they never rehearsed it. They only read the lines together with oh my Michael. God. Mann. And so the first takes were what they what they did on camera. They I mean they took multiple times, but one of Michael Mann's philosophies was, um, if we hit it perfect, we're only getting get perfect once. So it might as well be on camera.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so they talked through the scene. And this scene, because there's so much about leading up to this moment, especially with Pacino's character, he's like lightning in a bottle and he's like, you know, like grabbing a tiger by the tail. He's insane in some moments, but then he's like like real poised, like real chill, but he's all over the Mm -hmm. place. When we get to this moment, the two of them together, they realize they're pretty much the same person with different goals and uh, neither one of them willing to back down and at any moment, they'll take each other one each other out. You know, we're sitting here, you and I like a couple of regular fellas. You do what you do, I do what I gotta do. And now that we've been face to face, if I'm there and I gotta put you away, I won't like it. But I'll tell you. If it's between you and some poor bastard whose wife you're gonna turn into a widow, brother, you are going down. There's a flip side to that coin. What if you do got me boxed in and I gotta put you down? Cause no matter what, you will not get my way We've been face to face, yeah. But I will not hesitate. Not for a second. Maybe that's the way it'll be. Or who knows?
2: Well, maybe we'll never see each other again.
1: And there's it's weird. It's such a not like a bad weird, but just such a great moment where you have empathy for both characters. Um and I it's I always love a good, you know, feeling good for the bad guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, I start pulling for De Niro and then I start pulling for Pacino. And like it goes back and forth in this. And this coffee scene is just it, it's it's epic.
2: Yeah, I love that 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 aspect of how it does feel like if things went differently, Pacino could be a criminal in the same way mm. uh, as if yeah, like they they kind of have the same drive and desires, but they are expressed in their lives their lives in, in different ways, and and they don't they don't say that outright. But it's crazy just the looks that they give each other and like the little bit of smile that Pacino gives in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That there's just such a sense of understanding. Like I was all like getting chilled up. Mm -hmm. Like, like this, it felt so authentic in in that moment. It was really an incredible scene. I mean, this this is like top,
0: top five movie scenes ever, in my opinion. I mean, it's like so electrifying. This first time I watched it, maybe since a few years ago. But Pacino, like, pulls him up. He gets pissed. I mean, it's like you can't even gloss over the stuff leading up to it. Like, Pacino's house, home life, is, like, in shambles. Mm -hmm. So he, like, leaves the house at one point and then, like, yells at his team, like, where is he? Where's the tail at? And he's like, all right, give me your car. I'm going to drive after him. And then they just ask him to go get a cup of coffee together. The guy that he is waiting to get evidence on to put him in prison. And I I mean... They're at the top of their their game in this movie. It's not even funny. It's not even funny. Like, it's not even <laughs> funny, but I'll go laugh anyway. But, like, De Niro's reaction to him being asked to get coffee, the way he says, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Then they go. That scene is insane. Al Pacino's hair in this scene. <laughs> I have never been more sexually attracted to Al Pacino <laughs> than in the coffee shop scene in Heat. He looks incredible mm-hmm. in that scene. I don't know what was going on with his hair because it almost like doesn't match the rest of the movie. Mm. The way his hair was like hanging down. Maybe mm. this is just the most stressed out Al or whatever, but my God. look at I mean, look at that photo in, in chat. Look at him. Man alive. Incre-
1: I was thinking the same about De Niro. De Niro looks mm. incredible in this too. Like both I think of it's them.
0: best. Yeah, they're they're both like peak. Like yeah. this is their peak acting and just physical appearance. Mm-hmm. My God, how about Tom in Collateral
1: wearing the same suit? Hundred percent wearing the same suit in that scene.
2: Oh yeah, like huh.
1: it can you can't say it's not. Yeah, and there might as well be this, like the same, same hair character too. in like a
0: in a different universe.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Incredible stuff. <laughs> um. I can. Uh, I'll, sa- I'll save
0: my Al Pacino thoughts for later. We'll come around to Al. I made a a gag about how in my review that how much this stole from The Dark Knight. Retire Nolan. <laughs> I mean, when you watch The Dark Knight in the same year, mm-hmm. and then you go to watch Heat, right? It's like you. It's like I'm adjusting my glasses. Like look at the TV. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like the high scene, the music. Um, there's so much in the dark night that is from heat that it's almost like it's insane. If you watch them anywhere near each other, the audio in this movie is, is the main thing I want to come back to Like the audio, the music, I, it, TCL Roku, if you're listening, you were open to sponsorship collaborations, but <laughs> I use my Roku pro remote and I had my headphones in for this, this viewing. Amanda came in at the halfway point. I just kept them on. The TV just played in silence <laughs> while she it. was in the room. <laughs> I was like, "I can't, I can't right now." Sorry. Um, it sounds awesome. I mean, the coffee, sh- the coffee house scene with headphones on. But yeah, the the overall Nolan vibes that I was like seeing in this, it's just really
2: evident. So I'm curious what Proto what Proto thinks of that. Oh yeah, I mean the audio at the the big heist in the city that the, the gunfight like that just sounds inc- i would love to see this in Can't a can like, tell you why. A dolby theater guy
1: the uh it's because he Miked up actual gun, like they're using live fire, not like bullets. But um, he recorded the audio live instead of dubbing the gunshots in post. So th- meticulously throughout that like um, leapfrog type scene where they're going down, firing the guns through the road. Mm-hmm. There's um, mics all throughout there, picking up all their gunfire. So they had to right. hit their spots, take their shots in front of the mics, and no other movie sounds like this like those gunfire sound they hurt they sound so good
2: yeah because you you hear the city in the shots like yeah. that's the way a gunshot would sound right in city. the
1: echoing through the oh yeah through God. the buildings and the alleyways uh, insane stuff so, did you get any Dark Knight vibes, Proto, in your first viewing?
2: I, I'm yeah. That's that scene. I mean, the whole them in the bank. I mean, also just like how about like, of course, having never seen this, the whole Van Sant character, right? Yeah, the actor is in the Dark Knight, right? Which is exactly, a beautiful homage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that, but then also, I the shots I love that also you know gave me the Dark Knight vibes. Um, Was the 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 cityscape shots at night with like the blurred lights? Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, those were so gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Golly, love those shots. Golly gee! All all the entire movie was shot
1: on location too. No sound stages. uh, Sixty-five different locations across LA. Was Pacino's apartment? Mm Hmm.
0: Everything legit in those scenes, like, because I couldn't tell because some of the shots were so gorgeous.
1: Mm-hmm. I was like, "Is this green screen?"
0: Or? De Niro's
1: apartment was in Malibu, apparently. God. Uh, that like look out over the ocean. I haven't looked into like the location of their houses, but nothing was a soundstage for this movie. How
0: about when he dates, uh, was it Edie? And she talks about how she loves her place. She's got a great view. i was mm. like, honey, wait until you see the view he has. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, uh, yeah, that foot. Pho- there's several photos in chat, like the one with the water in plain view. Insane. There was the fog shot. Remember that it was like the background was just all white. And I was like, what is that? And there was just like mm-hmm. the fog rolling in mm-hmm. behind his
1: place. Holy Even cow. Danny Trejo's house was incredible on the mm. stilts on the side of the mountain.
2: Oh, mm. yeah. Goodness. What's your number one? Uh, my number one really is the, the pacing. Of this and the way the story unfolds, uh, I was actually surprised. I saw a few reviews come in that said that said that this movie was too long, that there was maybe like too many characters, there's too much going on. I felt completely opposite. I felt like there's a lot of characters in this movie, and that each of them gets a good amount of screen time. Like if you think about it, it's like Pacino and his wife and his stepdaughter. Uh, De Niro and his girlfriend, then even Val Kilmer and his wife, Ashley Judd. Um, and then there's a few other minor characters that get a good amount of screen time. Um, yeah, Trejo and um, Sizemore as well. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of characters in this and it follows all of them and you kind of get a piece of all of their their story. But through all of that, I never really felt like I was lost uh, and I think that's also another interesting comparison to The Dark Knight because The Dark Knight story is like complex, but I mean, we joke about how every time you watch that, you like realize something that you didn't before, like you can watch <laughs> it 10 times for, and, and not in a good way, but this, <clears> it just felt so, um, so like well-written and thought out and having a huge scope but also every scene felt like very focused and I never felt lost as to what was going on I was really impressed with just the way the movie unfolded in that way Mm. Mm. some of the uh
0: some of my favorite moments are just like those little things where you kind of allow the thing to unfold and breathe like where they're tailing them when they're all at that dinner and they're like seeing all the the members of the team and they're like naming them like, Oh yeah, other are so so-and-so I loved when De Niro appears and they have nothing on De Niro.
2: Mm-hmm. Like who is
0: this guy? We don't have anything on him. He was like a ghost and they had to like dig to see what they could find out. Danny, number two,
1: number two, a second scene that I love, it feels like my favorite top two scenes are like these quiet scenes, the scene um, where they have them and they're, they're, they're breaking into the, <clears throat> I forget what it was, but they have the stakeout across the street. Yeah, and like that
0: metals plant or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And they're
1: in like the cargo holds. And the guy leans back and hits his gun against the metal container. Oh my God. I don't, the tension in that scene is <laughs> palpable. palpable. The way De Niro and the way... Pacino, their facial reactions, and just the quietness—I I was so stressed out every time I see that scene. It's like it—it it just sends me like into like a, a ball of stress. It's mm-hmm. incredible, and I—I I love, absolutely love that scene so much.
2: I, I, I yeah, I, that that scene is great, and just also how it's like a a chess match between these two. Um, And I guess you could say like De Niro's character doesn't actually know if anyone was there, but he's Mm -hmm. like not willing to take the chance. And he knows that like it could be a scenario where they're just staking him out, waiting for him to walk out with something. And he's like, my best my best chance is just to leave. And if that guy's smart, he won't pick me up. And Pacino's character is very mm-hmm. smart and doesn't pick him up. But the other thing about like Pacino is such like a, a live wire in this that I wasn't sure if he was going to like chew that guy out. I thought he might. And the fact that he doesn't is almost like more unhinged. That
0: he like <laughs> doesn't yeah. even yeah. confront the guy. <laughs> All right, he like ends that scene. He's like, back to work. Yeah. Like, yeah, like any other scene, any other Pacino performance, that guy would get like yelled at with some kind of zany line,
1: <laughs> yeah. and it would
0: turn into a meme.
1: Because we boy. have we have both of the his scene where he's with the informants at the chop shops, and he's just he's he's just another person, another oh, character. Yeah. And I just expected them to just kick the door open and charge. Like that's what you that's what I'm like feeling is about to happen every time I watch that scene, and him to just yeah. kind of be like, no. We're not doing it, and then to not rage on that guy, like he just gives him a look too, and he kind of like sulks back into the to the yeah. cargo. I mean, the
0: the heat like cat. What was that? The thermal
1: camera yeah. on yeah, yeah. De Niro when the noise
0: hits. And I mean, if you're De Niro, you're in total. You're in the industrial district or whatever the hell that area is. There's nobody moving,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and all you do is hear one noise. One, and he goes in and tells about like we're, we walk. It's over,
1: and that shot is and he's so so good.
0: close to like finishing the job. They all leave. Oh my god! And then the, sh- the next scene after that, where they're convening, it's just assumed that this was LAPD. He's mm-hmm. like, "How did we get the LAPD on us?" He's already like four steps ahead in assuming that they know everything because mm-hmm. they didn't arrest us at that point. Insane. My, so my other point is Al Pacino. Let's 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 bring it in. Bring it in. Huh? Full full point. Not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> full point for Al. I, he's a god in this mm. movie. Al Pacino is a god. He, he has, be, all his scenes have become a meme. Like, when he goes to the informant, the give me all you got scene, I even wrote in like, one of my earlier Heat reviews that like, he is just psychotic. Like, the energy he brings to some of these scenes is off the charts. When he has the other meeting with the informant where they learn the slick name, where he like, puts yeah. Where he mentions slick, <laughs> like so, the one guy's like trying to say like, "What are you gonna give me?" And Al's like, "Ain't your cuz, you rap motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> Just Al like saying he's trying mm-hmm. to be like cool, but also like you yeah. know fear. You sh- I should be fearing you. Yeah. And then there's also another line delivery. He's like about how I could be killed for doing this. He's like, "You could be killed walking your doggy." Kill walking your doggy. And like. <laughs> <laughs> if I was Michael Mann, I'd be cracking up behind that camera. Like, I still can't believe that that scene is in the movie. It's just mm. such a weird delivery. But overall, this this might be my favorite Al Pacino performance. Oh, really? Like, it, I think it. the memes almost do it a disservice. I just think he's so incredible in this movie. And later, when he is with Justine, I think is his soon-to-be ex-wife, at the hospital after Natalie Portman tries to kill herself, and he, and they're almost like reconciling and he's so quiet he's just listening to her she's like do you think we could ever make it and he's he, he said just like no i don't think mm-hmm. we can make it <laughs> but he is like so calm in that moment and in my headphones like his lip smacking audio is off the charts like he's just <laughs> opening his mouth closing it um but this is probably my favorite owl i think
2: yeah i mean i've no i haven't historically than a Al Pacino fan for the most part. Um, but I also haven't seen a ton of his movies. Um, so seeing this, yeah, I was, yeah, I was really impressed with with his performance in this. It is just like the nuance of the role. And there are so many great scenes like this, that scene at the club where he goes to talk to that guy and the Mm -hmm. guy has, and you're just thinking like, Oh, this poor guy is about to get destroyed by, uh, Vincent Hanna. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that scene is so good, but I also love the scene, and I feel like a scene that just, like, encapsulates, like, the, the psyche of this character so well is when he comes back home, and his wife is there with another guy, oh and my he just, like, God. strolls oh God, yeah. into Ralph. the house, and he has, like, zero reaction to this, and he just, you know, he's just like, you know, Ralph. You can come into my house, you can sleep with my wife, you can eat my food, yada yada. And then, anybody just freaks out about the TV. There's like, the, like the mental profile of like what's going on in this guy's <laughs> life is is just. It, it, there's like, you could write like a book about this character, mm. just with the way that Pacino pr- portrays mm-hmm. him. Um, and he really is like the like the the perfect casting for this because I. I mean, maybe, like, Jack Nicholson could do something crazy with this character, but it's hard to imagine someone else delivering, like, this kind of energy in the same way in this role. Mm -hmm.
1: I think I completely agree with you. I don't know of another Pacino role, I mean, besides Godfather, but he's, that's just a different, it's not the same. There's something about him in this movie where it is, like, the entire Gamut. His whole range of what he can do as an actor is in this. He's funny. Mm. He's he's act like him running with the the guns, and he's he can do it all in this film. I mean, this is this is we've said it. It's his peak moment. I mean, I don't know of another Pacino movie where I enjoy him this much. I really do.
0: One of my notes I wrote down is that Al Pacino has a defining walk. Like if you. Made a silhouette of Al Pacino That's he's four walking. Feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> the size I feel like I could pick out the silhouette of Al Pacino walking from for most of his movies. He just yeah. has that. It's like a strut. I don't know what. It's a like, confident mm-hmm. walk.
2: Proto number two. Uh, so there's a there's a quote um, and a phrase that that at like the center of this movie that. De Niro says, "I think like three times." He says, "Don't let yourself get attached to anything. You are not willing to walk out on in thirty seconds flat if you feel the heat around a corner." Mm. And I love how that line comes up, and it plays out through uh, through the movie for his character, um, and then also in another way for the the Val Kilmer character um, and his wife, where Val has this situation where you know the 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 heist goes bad. The heat is on them. They got to get out of town. They they have a way out, but Val is like, you know, I'm going to go back for my wife. Uh, and the 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 LAPD is already on top of it. They're staked out with her. And he comes to the window. He's cut his hair. He looks different. And he sees her. And they have that moment where she just tells him, like, Man. no, you know, just the hair go. motion, yeah. And it's and it's 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 crazy because it's like I just love how like that uh, Val's character has been hearing this from De Niro, probably the whole time they worked together. And he goes against it. And like in that moment to see that, like, no, you can't come back for me. You have to leave. And just like that that gut-wrenching thought of having to leave your wife and your son and 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 just disappear or else mm. you're going to end up in prison. Um, and then De Niro having that same thing. Now, what's interesting about De Niro's scene, and maybe I, maybe you guys i'd like to hear what your opinion is when i when i first watched it i thought when he goes to, when he sees pacino coming towards him and edie's in the car and he decides to walk away i thought like he was there following the mantra, the mantra of like you know when the heat's coming you have to drop everything and like at that point he's like kind of like throwing off edie like i'm i'm giving up on her um that's what i thought at first and i thought like oh he's kind of like that's kind of seems weird that he like was trying to drag her with him Mm. and then like leaving her. But then after the movie, after I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, well maybe he's actually doing the opposite where he's not, he's not dragging Edie into it with him. He's like saving her. Like maybe he knows this is the end for him. And rather than um, screwing up her life by making her, you know, an accomplice, Mm -hmm. he's separating himself. Mm -hmm. Um, What did you guys think of that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it was him getting back on track. So at that moment, he had already not broken his rules, but he went off schedule. Like he's a very meticulously scheduled, planned person. Him him, abandoning going to the airport and getting out of there with Edie to go kill, what's his name in the um, hotel room? Grow. We wangro him making that choice is going off books. And that's like very un. it just was not heard of for him to do that. So I think when he came out and realized, uh, Vincent's right there, I have to f- go get back on my rules. I have to be able to drop everything and bail. And he, he couldn't, he, could, he like, he had to do it in that moment and to, to, you know, finish out the film. Should have just gone to the airport. Should have Bobby, just gone to the airport. Bobby. Should have just freaking gone to the airport. Yeah,
2: but like, so why didn't he though? That that does. It seems so weird. <laughs> he had to Was get it like vengeance. a vengeance? Yeah, a sense of justice that like yeah. he had to kill this guy. He had to kill well, I mean, him. he's
0: had his way for who knows how many years. Mm-hmm. Where probably in his mind, like I could probably just get away with this. I'm just gonna go kill him. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah. he almost did. He's get So away with close. It. So close. Oh God. I just. I mean, also that scene, Al. Grabbing that shotgun, oh, she no running, like I'm I'm
2: sweating on the couch watching that, sweating. Maybe that's that. Maybe that's the uh, Jurassic World homage where Chris Pratt takes the rifle from that one. <laughs> one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I had almost forgotten about that dumbass scene in Jurassic World, and now it's back in my head. <laughs>
1: mm.
0: Oh cripes that was Protos number two. All right, so Danny's number three. Number
1: three, the finale. The so the running through LAX, um, the chase, Pacino chasing De Niro. What gets me about the finale every time is them holding hands as De Niro dies. I, I get the chills both time I watch that, like full body chills, because it's just like the coffee shop scene. They know that they are pretty much the same person, and. Mm one has killed the other but when he holds his hands as he dies like I'm just this was like it's perfect it's so perfect and I love it and it's such a fantastic way to end this movie it's such an incredible ending and it's I don't know what to say about it that's I just love it so much the music swelling Moby is it Moby's song it's a Moby track I believe that is he it? plays at the end uh, and uh, because I think the finale written they ended up just using it in the credits instead of the final shot mm. but it's like a Moby song that he plays which is so wild that Michael Mann was like f- friends with Moby
0: so is the like slow up like the synth vibe like slowly raising part of that Moby song New Dawn Fades does anybody know if that's I believe so yeah. part of it oh I thought that was Goldstein whoever was the composer hmm. <laughs> uh, disclaimer Moby allegedly a dirtbag in real life I should say that
1: this the same negative is reviews I don't know much about him I know he has a lot of tattoos now um, <laughs> but that whole vibe of that finale the airplanes Unreal. landing the lighting of the runways lighting up Behind yeah. De Niro and Pacino to give him the final shot of him. Time the timing of all that—it's such an incredible scene. And I think I didn't fact check this. But I read it real quick. That that was the first time anyone's been allowed to film on LAX, uh, the mm. property. It's like the runways itself. I care. I got. I didn't really fact. Someone will. Someone will leave a review. Someone will fact check that. Pardo, what would you think
2: of the ending? Yeah, I, the the lighting from the airplanes taking off and landing, and the the sound of them, was unnerving. As they, uh, yeah, you know, as they're they're stumbling around, um, and the, yeah, there was so much tension, and it's yeah, I liked how it wasn't, it didn't turn into like a gun a gunfight, really. It was yeah. like this moment of them like kind of really like spinning in the dark disoriented confused lost and it's just but it's like the two of them there um, I mean maybe that has something to say about like the story at large um, I'd have to like think about that more but yeah I mean it, it it's a fantastic ending and um, yeah the, the scene of them together I mean any scene with like De Niro and Pacino together I mean these characters it's what else can you say <laughs> you <know? laughs> what else can you say <laughs>
0: Uh, I just wanted to bring up to the coffee scene. I mean, for many years, it was like an urban legend that they never were in the same room together when they filmed that. Like that became yeah, kind of so like weird. a talking point for film mm. bros for many years. Um, let's see, what do I want my final point to be? Getting into honorable mentions territory, but I mean the cast is wild, the cast in this movie. Tom Sizemore, un unreal casting. Um how about when Van Zant makes a request to one of his team? Have Harry bring me the spreadsheets on the Cayman Islands. What are you even bringing out? Is it like paper spreadsheets? <laughs> like this is so far gone for me in my head. Like what are we doing? How do you even edit this paper? I'm just like mind blown. Of like whatever document
2: you have to review in this at this point in time on spreadsheets. <laughs> Yeah, I have like this mental block. When I see people in an office without a computer, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> they <have> like <laughs> an abacus bringing that out. Like, here's the
0: Cayman Island abacus. <laughs> oh, my God. So a lot of the stuff that I have, I'll, I'll save for the honorable mentions.
2: Proto? Number three. Um, yeah, I yeah we've covered a lot of it. Uh, my favorite scene, and Danny mentioned it earlier, is with Pacino when he does get back to his house. I can't even remember what scene came before. It might have. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what it was, but he comes back to his house and no one's there, and he kind of just like walks around the house for a minute. <laughs> like, yeah, like 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 what is this guy gonna do in his free time? like he he clearly mm-hmm. has nothing that he can do outside of his work like his work has consumed him he is his work there's nothing there's nothing else left and the fact that he goes out and he gets in a helicopter to find <laughs> where de niro is and then you know he's like you know he gets out jumps in the car Chases him down and he's like communicating with the helicopter. He's like, Yeah, where is he? 300 mm-hmm. yards in front of you, middle lane. <laughs> and he just like finds him. Yeah, it is just it is insane. This character. Um, I don't even know, like, would it, I don't would a detective even have that much power to do something <laughs> like that. they they're following this guy's car like 24/7 or whatever, yeah. and
0: it's I mean, I remember, mean, even like Voight tells De Niro, like, this guy is you know like king shit like you need you should probably end all your plans and mm. and and yeah. leave like he gets his man like he's the top um also amazing scene is when they have that meeting in the docks area and then the LAPD go to where they were
2: yeah and Pacino oh. realizes
0: this was a setup they just wanted to see who we are oh my god got him but yeah the scene you were talking about right before he gets in the helicopter part like he goes into the kitchen at one point and he like you know Whole, he sees the dirty dishes he like looks at the kitchen the state of, the, of his life and that's when he makes a decision like okay I'm gonna go find De Niro and talk mm. to him oh my god Danny final thoughts rating
1: let me see we didn't talk too much about Val Val's incredible in this he was in the you know prime shape to be Batman that summer as well Gorge. um Natalie's great. Her her storyline I always find a bit interesting um, and almost not needed, uh, except for showing a little softer side of uh, Vincent. Um, let me check my notes. What else is... Mm, this was loosely based on a true story. McNally is a real person. Um, I believe there was an ex-detective that worked with Man on Thief. And these were stories that he told Michael Mann when he wrote this movie. And so each um, each person from the crew on De Niro's crew is was, was based loosely off of an actual robber and thief that this detective have worked. And uh, the McNally character was hunted down by the detective that worked with Michael Mann. Mm. Uh, he wasn't killed in this fashion. He was killed like robbing a grocery store or something. But they did have the coffee scene. It was a, It's a real uh, scene where the detective sat down, McNally in a coffee shop, and they oh, talked wow. together.
0: Did you see in your research that Man had done, had done a TV movie called L.A. Takedown.
1: L.A. Takedown, like yeah. That is almost like
0: the identical movie in 19, 1989.
1: And I believe the actor that plays Ralph was in it. <laughs> he had a bigger role in it. Hmm. Uh, five stars for this film. Uh, oh. I could easily, this could easily mm. slip into my top four. I, I really do enjoy this cool. movie. Um, it's fun to watch. I like the length of it. I like how moments take their time. I like when the action is full throttle in that in the bank heist scene. Um yeah, this is this is a this is a fantastic movie. I love it.
0: Mm. How about poor Donald, the convict on probation, getting that oh, yeah. crap job? And that scene with his girlfriend. Guy. Um he's like just so downtrodden from working that job getting treated like crap and he's like he he has this uh, interplay with his girlfriend she's like what are you doing hanging out with me Mm. like like, I'm nothing and she talks about how she's so proud of him and then he takes the job with De Niro murdered (laughs) during the job oh my god
2: I felt so terrible Really? I love I love little vignettes like that in movies like this mm. where he he gets his moment you know he's probably only has like five minutes of screen time but there's enough to like build a whole character there and you know about his past and he has this this you know this past with De Niro as well and you know he's trying to you know climb out of like the convict life and like do something different and then like on a whim he runs into De Niro and he's yeah. back in it and gets murdered. I mean I mean
0: if, if he wasn't there, the job's off. Like, if he didn't recognize him, insane. Um, Let me run through my honorable mentions, see if I haven't mentioned everything. Uh, So as we recorded this, the official 4K disc is not out yet. It comes out the first week of August. Of course, we'll be grabbing that and watching. Mm -hmm. But the 4K digital is available. I thought it looked pretty great. The view from De Niro's apartments are nuts. Um, Oh my God, the Van Zandt, Handoff at the drive in movie theater, his God. boys got effed up. <laughs> God, How great was that when they anticipated something going haywire and they were all oh, there yeah. waiting? Uh are you an effing owl? When the guy's like, who, who? <laughs> um the mouth noises from owl. Uh yeah. So I had this at four and a half stars at my last viewing. I think my if I have one critique. Uh, oh, the art is up. I haven't even seen the art. I didn't share it oh, with you guys. Oh, my. What? Oh, I forgot <laughs> to send it to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I did not even see it. Holy smokes. Wow. Okay. Um, I had this at four and a half stars. If I have one critique of the movie, it's that the final third is long, it does feel longer than any of the other moments in the movie. Like the shootout scene, I mean, it's like mm-hmm. it's like it's it might as well be the first 10 minutes compared to how long this movie is, it's so <laughs> early on. Like, I almost forget that. Like, then the shootout scene, there's like there's still a ton that happens after this,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, one other honorable mention is I love De Niro's reaction to her asking him questions at the diner, he's he like blows her off, he's like. Mm. What what do you ask me questions for? So, I don't want to talk to you. And then they eventually form a relationship. But the coffee shop scene and everything else with Al, it's 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 time for justice for Al in Heat. Thank you. I will campaign Finally. five hmm. stars. Oh, for my Heat.
1: Gosh, Al deserves
0: up. more than uh, people's memories of this movie. He's in, he's insane in this film. Five star performance.
2: Mm-hmm. There it is. Right um, on. Yeah. Honorable mentions, um, the, the, you mentioned it, Danny, the Natalie Portman character of the daughter, mm-hmm. um, that it, it is this kind of a strange role and like, it's, it's kind of hard to quantify. I guess the only thing I could make sense of that of is just like how everything in Al Pacino's life just decays and and falls apart eventually, mm. um, And, you know, maybe that would be like a wake-up call for him in some way that like he should be more like De Niro. Like he cannot have other people in his life Mm. if this is the way he lives because, you know, because it was like a cascading effect because, you know, there is his wife is on drugs, sleeping with other people because of their relationship, ignoring her daughter. And then here is Natalie Portman, you know, she's tries to commit suicide, And it kind of can go back to Pacino's lifestyle and, like, Mm. who he is. Like, so I think that's kind of, like, an interesting mirroring of of Pacino and De Niro and, like, their choices. And, like, he really should not have people in his life because of who he is and Mm. and how he lives. Um, And then also, I was, like, confused by Edie's reaction to Neil. I thought that was, well, it it was really fascinating because she clearly has fallen for this guy. Right. But then when he... Gives it to her of like you know this is who I am or I, I guess she finds out from the news or something that like he is the the guy who robbed the bank and that look on her face of just like staring into the void and mm. and almost like she's like in a psychosis of like this guy is a criminal who kills people and mm. and steals gas and like I thought that was a real great inner and even the fact that she decided to go along with him at the end I was I was surprised by. Um, so there's a lot of like I- interesting choices in this movie that um th- just a lot, like a lot of nuance and and things unpacked that would make it worth, you know, watching again. Um How about Danny Trejo looking like meatloaf dying on the floor? He <laughs> His death is up. rough. <laughs> My god. He looked <laughs> terrible. Um <laughs> Uh what else was there? Anything else? Um De Niro in those shades when he made that call to Van Sant, <sighs> Looked amazing. But um, the call in the restaurant. Oh. Where
0: he's
1: like, oh, hey, oh yeah. That's
2: the line like I'm talking to a dead man. Yes. Um, yeah, I was I was thinking like four stars, but like the more I think about this movie, the more I the more I love it. And I think it is really special. So I have it at five stars as well. Oh,
1: oh my this is, a, God. this is a
2: classic. Joining the ranks of the 15 <sighs>
0: bangers. My God! What is I mean? How many movies are in there? It's not a lot, right? Out of a hundred, count them on one. Nearly hand. thirty episodes, thirty bonus apps mm-hmm. Very rare. Holy rare cow! 15. God, I'm so I'm so happy that Pardo had a great experience watching this
2: first mm-hmm. time viewing. Yeah, you gotta oh, watch. Yeah. And the thing about the length of it, I was, I thought this movie moved quick. Like I, Mm -hmm. I remember thinking like 10 minutes went by and it was like four, I was 45 minutes in and I was like, Whoa, okay. (laughs) We also
1: watched the director's cut, which I don't know. The definitive edition. We're only talking like an extra 10 minutes, I think. (laughs) Oh, I
0: wonder what was in it. Any heat super fans know the differences? I don't know the difference. Forgot to look that up. Yeah. So there the version that we watched, there was like a $4.99 version on Voodoo was on sale. It was the Definitive Director's Cut or de- Definitive Director's Edition. I have no idea what that means, but Gorge.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <sighs> what a movie. God, I love the soundtrack to this movie. It's it's like it's just so like low key synth mm-hmm. orchestral almost. I just love the overall vibe to start. All right, we have some feedback to get to. Got to get to some feedback here. Uh, You can shoot us a letter, uh, 70mmpod.com, using the links in there. Uh, I'm trying to see if anyone mentioned the differences. A lot of talk about Thief tonight in chat. A lot of buzz about Thief. I've wanted to do Thief since like episode 10, Mm -hmm. Um, but I want to have Chuck on for Thief. Mm -hmm. Chuck Forsman of the Bat and Spider podcast. He loves Thief. I think that's been in his top four at some point in the past. Yeah, so that's why I
1: haven't watched it. I'm waiting.
0: That's why I, ha- I have the disc on my desk the, from yeah. um, the Blu-ray from the Criterion four so,
1: Christmases ago.
0: It's easy for us to say, "Yeah, let's do Thief with Chuck," but it's hard to, you know, we're doing Adam August, the animated <laughs> summer. You know, yeah. we, we have to see, we have to see how it fits. You yeah? know, yeah, could be next year. Chuck's a busy man. Chuck's busy doing three episodes a week for Bad and hey, Spider. Busy cartoonist. Check out Bat and Spider. Um, All right. Who do we want to hear from first? Let's see.
1: Curtis
0: Curtis sent an email last week about hard-boiled. It's a little bit long, so I might take breaks, drink some water. There's a fly on your cup. Look at that. I know.
1: There's a fly on
0: on my mason jar. That's what caught me last time. This guy was in my mouth earlier. Excuse me? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Moving on. Curtis. Hey, 70mm friends. I love the show and look forward every Monday morning to my old pal Slim, kicking off what is always a great chat for film lovers. I was confined to quarters this week by my family because I was tested positive for COVID. Fortunately, this super contagious variant ended up infecting the whole household. Mm. Fortunately, we're all vaxxed up, so we were all miserable, but the antibodies kicked in and kept us from getting critically ill or dead. I used my quarantine time to burn through a bunch of movies on my watch list and add a dozen movies to my Letterbox diary. This week ranged from high-quality Peaks, Creed, and the card counter to Stinking Depths, Barfly, and Sweeney Todd. (laughs) I just want to interject for a moment. I'm not sure if I'm going to keep the Scream 3 segment in, but I watched Scream 3 this week, and Creed is featured heavily on that soundtrack. Really? Heavily. With arms wide open. I open, mean, it just, I wanted to start listening to Creed, but I don't want anyone to like DM me because my Spotify is like linked to discord. You know, everyone calm down. Yeah. Creed, please. Love Creed. We can listen to Creed. Isn't there like incognito listening
1: mode? Maybe I should do that. Just unlink it and listen to some Creed. <laughs> uh,
0: I approach your pick for the week with high hopes. I am more of an 80s fanboy, but 90s action month started strong, if not a little mindlessly with Point Break. Also, we didn't compare Point Break at all to Heat, but, you know, they're Mm -hmm. like identical movies. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty close. Sadly, I found Hard Boiled a little tough to watch. I'm not sure if this was back when it was first released in America. I know I saw one of Wu's Hong Kong films back in the day, but I feel like I remember more of the birds flapping around in a church under construction that became one of the hallmarks of American films. That might be face-off. I found the body count in Hard Boiled more than a little excessive. I'm a nurse who works in a hospital, so in our current climate of (laughs) mass shootings, this was a tough watch. Mm -hmm. It's one thing for a bunch of bad gang baddies to get shot, but watching all those patients get shot was simultaneously shocking and numbing. Uh, And where the F were all the bad guys coming from? There were so many. I was thinking that this is just too big to be a cash business. The syndicate must have like an HR department that makes these guys through retirement (laughs) seminars and sexual harassment trainings. Maybe I got too caught up in medical logistics in movies. Like when I saw The Hobbit during the Battle of the Five Armies, all I could think about was a big job it was going to be to be properly processing all the dead bodies. Smough. (laughs) The logistics. Can you imagine if we did The Hobbit trilogy? I would want to jump out the window. Stop talking about it right now. (laughs) The desolation of Schmau.
1: With arms wide open.
0: <laughs> anyway, I love the show and look forward to your discussion, even though your picks this week was a rough watch for me. Thanks for the enjoyable and f- in- thanks for the enjoyable show. Curtis. Thank you, Curtis. Thanks, Curtis. Paul in chat says I would unsub if we did a Hobbit trilogy.
1: Okay, now we gotta
0: do Those it. Those movies mm-hmm. look like dump. 100 percent I don't know about that. Right? I don't know about that. What was it? Uh, 24 frames per second? Everything yeah, like yeah, a this, soap opera?
1: It looked wild
0: on the big screen. Yeesh. I like that. Bro, your thoughts on the Hobbit trilogy in
2: brief? I mean, it's been so long. I've seen them all once. I remember really disliking the third one. Kind of like, just not... I think I just got up and like stopped watching it, but like, let it roll. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Just let it keep playing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I remember having a good time with the fr- I, the first one. I think the first one's good or okay. They least. made five more Hobbit movies after that. <laughs> it feels that way.
0: Uh, Thomas sends an email. It's first one, I believe. Mm. Hi, seventy milliboys. I wanted to send in my first ever VM for heat, but did not have time. So I'm hoping this arrives in time for the episode. I've long thought that if you guys reopened the Patreon tier for folks to pick a movie for an episode, I would ask you guys to cover Heat 1995. So I am personally thrilled that you guys are covering this perfect piece of cinema on the show and also saying a small prayer to the book about metals that doesn't say anything mean about it. The innovation is off the charts as no podcast has ever covered Heat 1995 (laughs) before. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you, Thomas. It's my favorite movie and number one on my LB top four for many reasons, but my top reason is probably that even as a person with an aversion to long run times, this thing burns through nearly three hours with no hiccups at all. When it mm-hmm. ends, I want to start it over. The gunfight outside the bank sounds like my house is exploding. Mm-hmm. The character <laughs> arcs are great and it's got three awesome lead performances. If I had to pick a nit I wish the scene with De Niro and Pacino in the diner featured fewer over-the-shoulder shots, but it's still a blast of a scene. Anyway, I want to express my gratitude for the community that you have all built. I have been busy on a work project for the last few months, so I've been less active at Discord and won't be able to attend the meetup, but it's a community that I love and hope to be at the next meetup. I don't have many local friends who are into movies, so it's special to have a place like this to feel accepted and talk about a random movie on the LB Top 250 that no one I know IRL has watched. Love you guys. And that comes from Thomas. Oh, gosh. Thank you, Thanks, Thomas. Thomas.
1: Remember that Patreon tier? Gosh, we just saved Thomas a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Send him an invoice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the email, Thomas. Lex, last email of the week. Lex, I haven't heard from Lex in a while. You know, Lex's shtick is usually there's like a quote from the movie in his letterbox reviews, but I saw him post a letterbox review without a quote like this Excuse week. Excuse me. What? So, Lex, I don't know if you, if things change, but what's going on. Just, just reaching out. Uh, Lex, dear 70mm boys, instead of writing a long paragraph about how awesome this movie is, I'm going to express my love for Heat with a series of deep questions. Oh. Has any man been as stunning as Val Kilmer? Is there any actor better at phone call scenes than Robert De Niro? Did Al Pacino produce the most quotable character of his career? Mm. Has Moby done anything worthwhile outside of this movie (laughs) soundtrack? (laughs) (laughs) Is this the greatest achievement of cinematic history? Is Michael Mann God? (laughs) I eagerly await your answers. Love, Lex. Thanks for the likes on my review, Slim and Proto. Shatterball. Thank you, Lex. Thank you, Lex. Those sounded like rhetorical questions. <laughs> <things>. <laughs> I know. My main memory of Moby growing up is that he liked The Simpsons. So he would be like nerdy musician who likes The Simpsons thing for a while. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's the guy who likes Simpsons. I think he was think in my episode too.
1: My only, I think Moby, the only other Moby I know really is uh, from Gone in 60 Seconds. <laughs> There's other movie he had a track in. Oh, oh my God! Yeah, that's bringing back the memories. Mm-hmm.
0: I'd love to. Do, I would love to do a Gone in sixty seconds episode. I, I,
1: don't, I know. Oh, I love that movie. I know. It's, uh,
0: I had. Sorry, proud it. Uh, I had uh. that movie downloaded. I had like a. I don't know what audio. It might have been an .dot avi file when I was mm-hmm. in college. To my It wasn't a MacBook. It was an iBook. It was like the first modern-looking iBook, and I had that on that laptop, and I would watch that all the time.
1: Mm -hmm. I had it on my color iPod.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You bring Sally up. You bring Sally down. (laughs) Yeah, I love that movie. What a movie. Uh, I think my my first, the first time I knew of Moby was was probably Eminem. Um, Oh, Yeah let go. Nobody listens to techno, so let's go. <laughs> and then that, yeah, the MTV Music yeah. Awards was it? Right. Yeah, where he like, was it the the stupid dog like mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to get the?
0: <laughs> now Eminem's uh, doing music for Minions movies. Whatever the hell he's doing.
2: Tables turned. It's funny how life works sometimes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't steal my bit. <laughs> remember the? Remember the? I think I think this might have been a pre-show. Remember we Googled Eminem and like we're look, talking about his beard. I don't you kept know saying it was beard. a fake cover. I think it's a fake beard. Maybe surgically added to his face. Like, he just wants to wear a beard constantly and not have to cut it. I don't know. <laughs> Look it up. Please. Uh, all right, that's it. That's it for heat. <laughs> there it is. I mean, he looks like... He looks like uh,
1: Madame Tussauds' Fidel Castro. He <laughs> looks like he's from Tintin. <laughs> He looks like the independent film, Jesus film, that they show overseas. <laughs> is that Jim Caviezel as Jesus?
0: <laughs> Someone crucify that man. All right. So next week, we are officially kicking off the animated summer. It's happening. The first episode we're going to do is The Adventures of Tintin, and that is streaming in a few places. Let me just confirm. It's probably HBO Max. But... um. That is streaming on HBO Max. So if you want to watch along with us, 3.5 average on Letterboxd right now. It's lower than I thought it might be. But Steven Spielberg returns to the show once again.
1: Do you know the average of Akira?
0: I I can find that out real quick. Akira, just by the way, who was winning until the final minute minute when there was some vote manipulation by the person I named earlier. 4.2 average. On Interesting. Hmm. hmm. But next week it's the Adventures of Tintin, the Animated Summer. Pardo, any final
2: thoughts? Uh what? Uh, I'm so happy with the results of '90s Action Month. Mm. I mean, can I just say? I think we all nailed it. Oh <sighs> yeah, yes, we nailed it. Great We're job. We're on guys. fire right now. Yeah. <laughs> and if I let's just keep it going. Like, okay. Maybe no more mistakes for the rest of the year If we could just all agree <laughs> to that, all about that Let's just Let's try to finish strong from here on out
1: Jim Cameron's Avatar 2 is coming out
2: oh.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> We got a big year ahead hands. Big year ahead We'll see everybody next week 70mm is a tape Deck production featuring original artwork provided by Danny Haas. Spiritual Guidance and Vija, the robot who loves movies, provided by Pertalexis. Producer at large, Dale underscore A. Transcripts provided by Sophie Shin and music composed by Cinematric. Prints and other merch are available on 70mmpod.com. This episode was mixed, edited, and produced by me. Slim. Support our Patreon for access to our VHS Village Discord to talk movies with new friends, access to our exclusive episodes in the 70mm Vault, discounts on merch, uncut episodes, and a physical membership card mailed to you. To check out other Tape Deck podcasts, find the link in the episode notes. And if you'd like to support our friends at Letterboxd and upgrade to pro or patron status, You can do so with a 20% off discount using the links on 70mmpod.com. Goodbye. This, this, This is a Tape Deck Podcast.